Some call it insight, others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything, what will help you succeed today and tomorrow. Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash RIA. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Welcome to the Spirit-Centered Business Podcast, where we blend the spiritual with the practical for supernatural results. Now, here is your host, Berlin Newby. Hello there. Welcome to Spirit-Centered Business. I am honored and blessed to have Lindy Strong with me today. She's going to be joining me on the cruise and you're going to get to learn all about her. But first, let's take care of some announcements. The Academy is open. We have amazing experts speaking. Everyone that you see on the Spirit-Centered Business show also teaches in the Academy. So if you love what you're going to hear from Lindy today, which you are, you will want to join the Academy to get her training and everybody else's. We meet twice a month to talk about what you're learning in the Academy and, and I can coach you and we can help move you forward in implementing all of those things that you're learning over there. And second of all, drum roll please the cruise because lindy is my partner on the cruise so lindy i'm so excited about this cruise you know by the time it rolls around in september and we're going to the eastern caribbean people are gonna wanna get out of their house right they most certainly are brilliant they most certainly are Right. So um, what you're going to be teaching today is just a little tiny piece of what you're going to be teaching in the, on the cruise, right? And um, it's a retreat. So it, we will definitely be doing more intensive and more implementation on both the business and the potential maximizing side, which I absolutely love that you are the potential maximizer. That's an awesome title. <laughs> and I love that that's what you do because we all need to be maximized. And this is the beauty of, of having a coach or someone to see outside of the frame because when we're inside the frame we don't know where we're not being maximized so i love that you just take a look and help us and you do a lot of corporate work too don't you yes i do yes i do Excellent. Excellent. So those who not only have their own business, but are um, in leadership positions in other businesses would be really served well by coming on the cruise as well. Yeah. So um, you can go to spiritcenteredbusiness.com forward slash cruise to sign up there. And is there anything else that you wanted to just prom promote about the cruise? Yes. Okay. So um, one of the things I'd like to say is that um, what we're going to be doing on the cruise is very, um, will be very Jesus centered um, because we're expecting that most of the people that come on the cruise are going to be believers. Um, however, what 
what I'm loving about what the Father is doing in the earth at the moment is that he is teaching us how to actually bring spirituality and the secular world together into one place. So when I go and do corporate work, um, there is absolutely no mention of Jesus, but he is completely in every single thing that I do, uh, which actually is probably why there is uh, there's so much breakthrough for so many people when I go in there, because mm -hmm. I'm not actually utilizing regular tools. I'm not utilizing tools that you can go to school and learn about. I'm utilizing tools that Holy Spirit has downloaded for me uh, personally, and also for tools that we have developed as a ministry, because actually our, our ministry is um, about the marketplace. Our ministry is about out there in the world in whatever format the Father is actually stirring in any particular uh, time. So he has downloaded for us um, a whole raft of, of um, tools and techniques that we use. We've developed various therapies um, that we use that are, are considered secular therapies. And in fact, fairly recently, we were approached by local government to actually draw up a therapeutic program for their housing first model to work with the homeless. And what they were saying was, we don't know what it is that you do, but everything you do works. Um, now, of course, I don't take any of the credit for that. Um, because whilst I really have no idea what I'm doing, I hold the hand of a man who knows everything. And mm -hmm. so when we can function from that place, it opens up realms that seem completely impossible. And in the place of working uh, with the, the secular world, he's taught me um, tools that I then bring into the corporate world and I can either do that with one-on-one -on -one sessions so last week I was working with an organization in LA um, and working with their uh, top tier executives doing one-on-one -on -one sessions but I also do um, corporate group sessions looking at um, internal energy detox or um, identity detox, or cultural detox. Those are the three main detoxes that I do at the moment. Um, and just looking at how we can bring the, the staff from wherever they're at, which is most of us are programmed into the world of negativity because that's where the world lives. Right. Uh, so, you know, to go into a workplace and actually work with a team of people, especially if you're working with a team of people that actually uh, manage other teams and we can get them to start to shift their mindsets around what is acceptable for them within their workplace, that then trickles down and can actually impact um, a whole a whole organization wow i love that we haven't even gotten into the everything but i'm like wow i'm already taking notes so this is awesome <laughs> thank you so so much lindy i'm i'm just blessed and and i really have felt so much more supported and empowered and uh, uh at peace and you've given me a sense of hope and there's so much just joy and love around you and what you bring to the table and i'm just i just can't even express how much gratitude i have that that you're divinely appointed for such a time as this and such a cruise as this <laughs> so thank you so much 
And now I really want to hear the story about how you started with Marketplace Ministries and how you're blending the spiritual into business and how you started doing that. Because a lot of us started from being compartmentalized. So I'd like you to share that. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to say is that it was never my intention um, to set out to start anything. Um, mm -hmm. My intention was to move from a place of being in church, listening to a sermon every week. Got to the place where I just thought, that there's got to be more than this. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started a journey of finding out what what the more was that my spirit was hungry for. And the first place that the father took me was that uh, scripture that said um, that Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. And I realized that actually I, could, I couldn't begin to be that person because I couldn't see what my father was doing. I couldn't hear what my father was saying um, mm. on a regular. I could hear when he sovereignly spoke. But I couldn't just start to engage in a conversation with him and find out what he thought about things because actually I didn't have that, that level of relationship. And so I started out to hear his voice and see what he was doing and understand the spirit realm and, and engage with the spirit realm and function in the spirit realm from a totally personal perspective because my thing was if I can see what he's doing then I can live my, my best life um, so the interesting thing is that when you can see and hear in the spirit when you can see and hear for yourself then actually you can see and hear for everybody because you can see and hear you can see and hear whatever the father wants to say to you so really that's how things started to open up for me um the father spoke to me one day and he said i'd like you to set up a a farmer's market kind of store um in the local town square on a friday where we'd, we would have um market day and um, at the same time, he spoke to a friend of mine and he told her the same thing. And so he brought us together and she made um, homemade cards, which was our front. That's what we sold, because if you're in a market, really, you have to sell something. Um, and I knew that I was there to actually offer what he'd asked me to offer, which was spiritual readings, dream interpretation and healing. Love so. That. At that point in time, the town that we were operating from was probably considered the new age capital of the UK. So we had a lot of very spiritually hungry people. Um, obviously, the Christians gave us a very wide berth. This was 2007. And in 2007, you know, nobody was really setting up stalls offering spiritual readings if they were believers, you know. Right. Anyway, um, my audience was never their believers, my audience were the spiritually hungry, looking for a spiritual alternative. And Jesus is the real spiritual alternative. So um, I knew that if I could just follow his lead and work with him, that he would meet them wherever they were at and they would have an encounter with him. So at the same time, he was beginning to deconstruct my mindset and my thinking around, around what Christianity is, how you become a Christian, and how you live the Christian life. Mm. So I had 
um, I, I was first generation Christian. I had had a spiritual encounter, um, but then moved into the church and really um, from the place of the church, I got kind of reprogrammed out of spirituality into um, Christianity. Mm. Um, because for most people, Christianity is not a spirituality. That's the, the sad truth about it. Obviously, wow, Christianity that's... is the real spirituality, but yeah. for a lot of people, it's not. Um, so, so, hold on a second. So you were yeah. spiritual first before you got into church? We, no, I wasn't spiritual oh. in that I wasn't pursuing a different spirituality. Uh-huh. Okay. The thing is, I was born and raised in, in South Africa. You can't live in Africa and not know about the spirit realm. Uh, I didn't go near the spirit realm because I knew that it was real. I knew that it was dangerous and I wasn't going to go, you know, tampering with things that I didn't know about. Mm. Um, I had this really bizarre mindset that your confirmation certificate is your entry into heaven. See, so I knew, so deep down inside, I was like, I got to get myself confirmed because if I can get confirmed, then that's my, that's my entry into heaven. So, and I have no idea where that came from, um, but there it was. And so I started going to church um, and actually in church, Jesus met me. Uh. Okay. But he met me from a spiritual perspective. He didn't meet me from a religious perspective. I had an encounter with his love that just completely floored me. And, and I realized, I think right back then, I realized that this person that I thought he was, was not who he was. So that's kind of what I signed up for. Um, but then I, I then kind of got schooled in how the church functions. And I remember right at the beginning, I remember nearly being thrown out the church because I would not, I would not, right back then in 1981, <laughs> that's when I got saved, um, I would not... I would not relinquish my knowing that I am a spirit being first. I have a soul and I live in a body, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, I absolutely knew that I was a spirit being first. Um, but actually I then discovered that that was totally not an acceptable approach within church. <laughs> so I, in order to be acceptable, I, kind of downplayed all of that. And basically it was just the beginning of the end of my spirituality. So, but all, I always knew somewhere that Jesus was spirit. My spirit was spirit first. And that, that the magic happened when I went into the spirit, the magic happened when I closed my eyes and I focused on him and I, and I engaged with his presence. That's where the magic happened. Mm -hmm. So, um, so anyway, we started the market stall and had lots of people come and, um, had lots of what we would call salvations, uh, which, um, in my, my definition is just introducing them to Jesus. And, um, 
asking them if they would like the Holy Spirit and Jesus to come and live in them and then releasing his presence into them. So we, you know, we had, we had, we were there for five years and basically what happened was one day somebody came up to me and said, um, I want to sow into your ministry. Well, I didn't even know I had a ministry. I was just walking in obedience with what the father was saying. By that point in time, I'd left church because they'd made it impossible for me to stay. Um, so I was just, I was just doing, I was just living my dream, which was doing what the father asking, was asking me to do. And living in that place, my, my life motto, what in John's gospel, it talks about um, Jesus, that the father was pleased with Jesus. And I remember having a revelation one day that Jesus just lived to make his father smile. And that became my motto. I just want to live to make my father smile because nothing else matters to me, really. I just want to, at the end of the day, I, I always get emotional when I talk about this, but at the end of the day, I just want to climb up on his lap and I just want to see him smile because there is nothing on this earth that can come close to what that feels like on a daily basis. So when this person said, um, I want to sow into your bank, uh, I want to sow into your ministry, I was thinking, well, I, I don't have a ministry and I don't even have a bank account. So I said to her, I said, oh, you know, give me a couple of days and I'll get back to you with the details. Because that's usually what I do when somebody asks me a question I don't know the, the answer to. I just fob it. You know, when, you, when I was in the market, oh my goodness, did I learn how to fob it? Because when you've got psychics and, you know, I had one guy who was a shaman who came in from the, he lived in the rainforest and he came and sat in this chair. And I'm like, oh my goodness, who are, you know, who are all these people? Anyway, when you have these people who understand spirituality, you've got to be able to beat them at their own game, if you like. So actually I would open my mouth and I'd say what I'm seeing is, and if I wasn't seeing anything, I, was, I would start to say something else, just hoping. I just keep talking till the father started to open up that realm so that I could see something. Oh, um, wow. You know, because actually that's what faith looks like. If you get out of <sighs> the boat, you just start to walk on the water, you know. So yes, would, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I would just talk and talk and talk. So I learned how to, I learned how to really, you know, so I'd say what I'm seeing is, and I was seeing nothing. Well, actually, it's not really so much of a seeing. It's a, kind of more of a hearing. What I'm hearing is, and I'm in the side, I'm just thinking, oh, come on, Jesus, please show me something. And one day, still nothing was, and still nothing was coming. So I said, just give me a minute. I really just want to correctly encapsulate the revelation that I'm getting. And I could hear the father like laughing. You know, he was laughing. He's like, that's my girl. Look at her, you know. And actually then suddenly the spirit realm just opened and I just saw huge things. So, you know, he, he loves to play hide and seek and he loves for us to seek it out. So anyway, so I'd learned to fob my way through through the things that I didn't have a correct answer for. Um, so I went to the father. I said, what am I supposed to do about this? What it, I don't even have a ministry. And he said, oh, yes, you do. It's called Marketplace Ministries. I wanted to set up a bank account. And so basically that's how Marketplace Ministries was birthed. Wow. So um, then people started to just come and say, we, we want to we sow into what you're doing. Um, and so Marketplace Ministries was birthed. 
Um, so one day, five days later, um, sorry, five years later, one Friday we were in the market and um, a friend, the friend that I was with that I was telling you about, she had popped out, popped over to go to the restroom and the Lord said to me, today's your last day in the market. Now, this was the second week of December. It was starting to go into the really cold time. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the summer, I'd had a little rant with him. And I had said to him, you know, I'm not looking forward to the winter time again. I, I don't enjoy, you know, frozen temperatures and you're setting up a market stall and everything's frozen. And, you, you know, when it gets below zero, and when it gets below freezing, I know your zero is a different number to mine. When it gets below zero, when it gets below freezing, it's hard to stay warm for five hours when you just sat still, you know, and yes. I, I'm, yes. I don't, I don't feel the cold easily, but I, I would dress up. I'd have like seven layers on the top and five layers at the bottom but just to try and keep warm during the day. So in the summer, I'd had a little rant with him and I'd said to him, listen, I'm not enjoying this whole winter thing where it's so cold and I don't even know why I'm here. I don't know what this is about. I don't know what this is achieving. And I feel like I've shown my commitment to this, whatever this is, but I'm not seeing your commitment. Where's your commitment to whatever this is that we're doing right here? See, I'm very real with him. I'm very real with him. Because I am totally surrendered. I am very real with him. So anyway, the, 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 the feeling passed and I didn't think anything of it. So the second week of December, my friend had popped off to the restroom and the Lord said to me, today's your last day in the market. Well, I did not expect that. So when she came back, I said, you will not believe what the Lord has just said to me. She said, you know, I think I might. I said, oh. I said, he's just told me today's our last day in the market. She said, yeah, he told me the same when I was in the restroom. So we packed up, went home. That was the end of that. Um, I was working from home at that time. So um, first week of January, I was in my office at home working. And so what were you doing there at home? Do you have a different job? Oh, yeah, because I, uh, I was building a property portfolio at that point in time. Okay, so did you did your spiritual life play into that side as well? Oh uh, yes, completely. Okay. Huh. Um, so so basically, what was happening? I was working full time, and I said to the Lord, "I'd really like to give you some time." So He said, "Make time." Mm. And this conversation happened over and over for about six months. And I, every time he said, make time, I would go and try and find the formula in the scriptures. So where is, there's got to be something there that tells me how I can make time. So after six months, I, would, I, went, I went to him and I said, okay, listen, I have looked everywhere for this make time thing you keep talking about. Okay. I don't know where it is. So I'm not hearing anything but make time. I don't know how to make time. So I'm bringing something else to the table. And this is my... This is my proposal. My proposal is I'm going to give you a day a week and I'm going to do your job. And in that day, you're going to do my job because I think that's fair. So so that's what I did. I gave him a day a week and I managed to get done in four days what it used to take me five days to do. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So then I gave him two days a week and then I gave him three days a week. 
And now I do in about two days a month what used to take me five days a week to do. He is completely, wow. he completely manages everything. When I was in, I was in Romania um, on a ministry trip and I got, an, I got a phone call from um, the, the agent that I used to find um, tenants for me. And the agent phoned and said that, you know, the tenant has moved out of the one property we've been in, we've had a look, it's got mold growing on the walls. It's a complete mess. What do you want me to do about it? I said, okay. I said, I'm in Romania at the moment. Um, I will come back to you. So I went to the Lord and I said, you have a problem. See, cause this is how it works. I'm in Romania doing his work. Now he needs to do my work in England. So I went to the Lord and I said, you have a problem. We need to get this sorted out, but I'm going to leave that with you. And I didn't think about it again. See, this is the thing. You can't, you can't pretend that you're trusting him. <laughs> you actually have to trust him. Because oh that's where the magic happens. So when I got back to England... I phoned up the agent and I said, what, you know, okay, can you give me an update with the property? So she said, oh yes, we've got a new tenant in. So I was like, oh, okay. I said, so um, last time we spoke, you told me there was mold growing on the walls and she'd actually sent me pictures. She'd actually sent me photographic evidence. Hmm. So, um, so I said, you know, what happened to the mold on the wall? She said, you know, I really don't know. I went in and it was looking perfectly habitable. So I put it back on the market and we've got tenants in there. So, you know, yeah. that's kind of oh, where wow. I live. <laughs> that's amazing. So, that's uh, so actually I'm in full-time ministry and I work full-time. Oh my God. Because I made time. Wow. So and what it, were you doing in Romania? Um, I was working with a, a church in Romania and we were doing street evangelism and I was just, I did a, a week's mission out there. And so oh, I would wow. be preaching in the church in the evening, but we'd go out in the daytime and we'd just minister to the people, you know, just go out yeah. on the streets and love on them. And yeah, so that's what I was doing in Romania. Wow. Um, so... Back but it took to, a little minute to build up to this level. You said you gave God one whole day a week. Yeah. That's like not Sunday. Like no, a, week, no, no. a, week a day, day during the nine yeah. to five regular yeah. job. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you see what would happen is, yeah. um, you know, sometimes you'd, you, you'd start your, your day with a to-do list and you think, you know, I've got to, I've got to phone these four people, for instance. Um, and I mean, the one day it just completely blew my mind because I, one of the things I had to do was chase up a mortgage application that I had sent. <clears throat> and um, oh, every time you phone up, first of all, you phone up and you've got a queue in the, in the line for half an hour. Then you get somebody, then they pass you to, they pass you to somebody else and then you queue and then you get somebody and, Oh no, you're in the, Oh, they've sent you to the wrong department. You know, you know the story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. So what started to happen was I would phone up and I'd get through and on this one occasion, I phoned up about this mortgage application. So I got through, I got straight through to the person who was handling my mortgage application who said, well, isn't this interesting? 
your file is actually sitting on my desk today and I had a few questions. So I answered his questions, he approved the mortgage, that was that. Okay, now this is what started to happen because I had said, I'm doing your work, you need to do my work. And so there was a, there was a, there was a cohesion with us. Okay, but actually I'm trusting him. And every morning I would, I would write my to-do list and then I'd say, okay, where, what am I doing first? Because he knows who's available, what the, he knows which order to, to go through my to-do list. Mm -hmm. So I would write my to-do list and then I would say to him, okay, so is there anything on this to-do list that I haven't put on here that you, that is important to you? I'd write that down. And then I'd go through my to-do list according to his instructions. When we start to live in that place where he literally is Lord of our lives, instead of just being taught, instead of us just, you know, using our mouths to say he's Lord, when we start to live from the place that he actually is Lord, everything shifts and changes. I love that. When we start to live from the place where he actually is Lord, everything shifts and changes. That will definitely be a quotable in the show notes, girlfriend. That's a good one. <laughs> and all of the show notes, just for the audience, are on spiritcenterbusiness.com. Just take a look at this show and all of the notes will be here because I am taking them furiously. This is so good. All right. Okay. So he told us that that day was our last day in the market. So we packed up and went home. First week of January, I was working from home. And he said to me, I want you to Google commercial property in Totnes. Hmm. So um, by this stage, from, from the um, contributions that people had given us, there was £8,000 in a bank account called Marketplace Ministries. And we'd, uh, by this stage, I'd now set up a not-for-profit organization. And so we were you know, kind of ready to roll because that's what he'd been, he'd been speaking to me to do. Mm-hmm. So I googled commercial property and I saw this, um, there was this complete shell of a property, okay? It didn't even have, in, it, it, was, um, it was like a prefabricated um, shell, so we, it would have to have um, flooring put in, it would have to have, you know, uh, um, insulation and internal walls and all of that stuff. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. Literally okay. a shell. Okay. So I felt that's what he was saying. Go and look at it. So we went, I, I called up um, two of my trustees and we went to go and have a look at it. And the, the refurb was going to be about 35,000 just to get it uh, workable. Um, and then the rent was 10,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, let, you know, I feel like this is what the father is saying. Let's, let's move forward. So we started to get all of our ducks in a row for this um, property. <clears throat> and um, so what he said to me was, what is your dream? What is your dream for the inside of this property? So I said to him, what I'd like is an open plan downstairs uh, with a kitchen and um, restrooms and then offices upstairs. So we started looking at, um, obviously we, we did all the costings around that. And um, then one morning um, the agent phoned and said, they've taken the property off the market. 
So I was like, oh, okay. So carried on as normal. And in the afternoon, that same afternoon, the father said, I want you to Google commercial property in Totnes. And something came on that day that was basically exactly what we wanted, but it was all already made. Oh, wow. So I phoned up my trustees. I said, look, that property's fallen off the market, um, but a new one's come on the market. It's the same rental, but it's actually all already done. Actually, it was, it was, um, it was, it was actually 15,000 rental, um, but it was all done. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically what happened was the guy, the landlord, he said, if you can sign the lease in one month, I'll give you a third off the rent. So because we had all our ducks in a row, um, we got the property for the same rental as the, the previous one was going to be without having to spend any money on a refurb. And so we moved into the building. Wow. Um, cool. At that point in time, I had, I, I'd, I'd started to have meetings in my house and I had about 60 people meeting in my house once a week. Um, and so in my mind, I was thinking, well, this will be amazing because we won't have to meet in my house anymore. We have, we've now we'll have a building that we can meet in. And um, so I was very, I was very excited. And I said to, you know, everybody coming, listen, this is what's happening. This is what the Lord's doing. He's opening a door. We, we're going to sign a lease on this, this building. And, um, and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to be down there five days a week. Cause that's what I felt like he said he wanted me to do was five days a week. So by this point in time, I'd already given him four days a week that I was doing all sorts of stuff. So this was like my, my extra day where I was going to go in and this was my last day I was giving him to be full-time in ministry. Oh, wow. And so I said, okay, I'm going to be down there five days a week. And um, you know, who wants to join me? Who wants to kind of sew into whatever God is doing? So um, the question came up, well, what is he doing? Well, you know, I hadn't even thought about asking him that because actually it doesn't matter. You know, I'm just going along for the ride. So I said, okay, well, why don't we all go in the spirit and ask him, what is he asking us to do? So that's what we did. And um, one of the, one of the ladies, she put it so succinctly. She said, I feel like the father was asking us to waste time on him. Wow. And I just knew that was it. We were going to go down there. We were going to drink coffee. We were going to worship. We were going to just sit around with him and see what he did. So that it was so fascinating because you would have thought from a team of 60 people, there'd be some people who I wasn't asking everyone to go full time. I was just saying, give one day a week. Do you want to give one day a week into what God is doing? Mm. And suddenly, you know, well, I'm, I'm far too busy. I can't, I can't, you're just going to sit around and drink coffee. I don't, you know, I'm a busy person. I can't do that. So we ended up with a team of 10. So um, there were two of us that actually ended up full time. And then there were others that came one day a week. And we had an amazing time where the Lord would just bring people through the door. We had one day he told us to um, invite all the neighbors in for coffee. So, you know, we're the new kid on the block 
um, we're on an industrial estate, so they're all, you know, working silly hours to produce something to pay the rent. <clears throat> so they all come through the door. Uh, you know, I did coffee and cakes and whatever, and, you know, so they, they staggered it. So different people came at different times, and I had conversations mm -hmm. with all of them, and they all said the same thing. So what do you do here? So we said, well, you know, um, actually, we're not exactly sure what we're doing here at the moment, which, you know, we're a Christian ministry. Um, we are, we're here for the community. We're waiting to see, um, you know, what the, how the father's going to open things up for us. And they all said, well, how do you pay the rent? I said, well, you know, when we need the rent to be paid, he puts money in the bank account and then we pay the rent. That's how we do things, you know, and I mean, they, 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 they think totally we're blew their mind, right? It totally blew their mind. Totally so, blew their mind. So just to clarify all this whole while, while you're quote unquote, wasting time with him, your property business is he's running that. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I like, you're blowing my mind. Right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. It is. It is so easy when you take him at his word. Or actually, it's not easy. It's so simple. It's not easy, but it's so simple. I would imagine for me, I know I would be antsy. You know, it wouldn't be easy for me to just do nothing. I would be like, it's not easy for I anybody. just need to check in on XYZ, you know, <laughs> just, just let me. <laughs> well, because the thing is, we're still wanting to be in control. I know, I know. See, yes. and as soon as we take control, he lets go. Mm. And we take control because we think he's not doing anything, but he's just doing uh, it differently. Oh, another quotable. We think we take control because we think he's not doing anything, but actually he's just doing things differently. Amazing. That's, that's so true. <clears throat> so we've got a plan of how it should look. And when it doesn't start to fall into place, we think, well, nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. And actually, he's the God who, who he stacks it all up. And then he just releases the domino effect and bang, 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 bang. It all comes into place. But whilst he's stacking it all up, we're looking at it and thinking nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Um, and that's when we make a complete mess of it because then we take the reins. Then what happens is we trample all over the dominoes. We destroy everything he set up and then we give it back to him and he's got to start all over again. On one occasion, he said to me, no, no, actually, I'm not picking up the pieces this time. You can pick up the pieces of all the mess that you've made. Now, let me show you the mess that you've made. Oh, dear. Yes. Wow. So I'm kind of, my whole journey has been a journey of how to learn to trust him, how to just walk with him. And it does, the more you do it, the more easy it becomes. Wow. Because at the end of the day, he's got a plan. It is his, you know, marketplace ministries is not my ministry. It's his. I never planned it. I never I never set out to establish it. I, and everything that I walk in is just him. So, you know, the fact that I'm now doing lindystrong.com and go, going into the corporate world was because last year he said, it's time for you to get back into the corporate world because they need the tools that I've given you. So now I'm going um, into the corporate world. Um, I, I, oh, go ahead. 
and he's told me and he, you know up until up until fairly recently everything that we did um we did for nothing um and he he funded it he would just put money in the bank account and we would just feed the homeless pay the rent run whatever things he was wanting us to do um do inner healing for whoever came along you know and we had people coming from all over the place and we would minister to them and now he's saying now it's time for you to actually um, I want you to stop doing everything for nothing. There's some things I want you to do for nothing, but actually um, people need to really start to value what you're doing. Um, wow, so now I don't do anything for nothing anymore. And the price tag we put on everything is the price tag he's, he's stipulated. So I really, I really function in that. And, and the interesting thing is that um, what's happening now is that the money is coming through the bank and we're utilizing the money to buy the the various um technologies the various machines that we need for the clinic because you know i've also started an intuitive energy healing clinic which is a whole other ball game um but that... <laughs> let's talk about that after the break I, one more thing. I, I just have this per question because I see a spiritual principle that you put into place, but I want to know, do I have it wrong? You had on the first property that you were looking at, you had put all of your ducks in a row. You were totally prepared for what needed to be done in the natural, how the money needed to be spent, how you needed to bring on the contractors to do what, when, where, how you wanted it, the blueprints drawn, whatever. You had all of that laid out. And because you were fully prepared, you were able to then get the second property at the third off, which made it the yeah. same. Yes. Okay. So that is a principle, being yes. prepared. Absolutely, it's a principle. But equally, you need to be able to, you need to be prepared to lay down all your preparation because that's what we did. Uh, we, we had prepared everything for building one. Right. Now, most people would fight for building one mm. because they don't know how to go to the father and say, am I supposed to fight for this? Or did you lay this down? Mm. See, when we start to live in his slipstream, mm. it's easy because he's already gone ahead and he's done it. But then what happens is we, we step out of his slipstream, we rush ahead and we go, okay, so clearly this is what you said. And he's, he's like, yeah, I said that 14 conversations ago. Haven't you been listening? Wow. So when we learn how to just go with the flow of what he's doing, life is so simple. Mm. Because actually, so he gave me a picture one day of me with a little plastic yellow hammer. And he was built, he was constructing this beautiful mansion. And I was just going around after him with my little yellow hammer and, you know, knocking on the walls and, you know, I mean, really doing very little. But at the end of the day, he said to me, look what we've done. Oh. Because he wants to share. You know, Jesus says, I've given them the glory that you gave me. He wants to share the glory with us when we will give him all the glory. 
It's so simple. I keep saying to people, if you will just hang out with him, he makes you look good all the time. Because I go into meetings, I have no idea what I'm going to say. I go into governmental places where they look at, they're seeking my counsel. And I'm going in there thinking, I have not one qualification. I have nothing that actually means that I have any right to sit at this table. And I, most of the time, I don't even understand, you know, what the issues are. Because it's at, at governmental level, I don't have all the ins and outs and what's happening and and I'll sit there and listen and, and then he'll put, drop something in my spirit and I'll speak it out. And they'll all look at me like I've just said the most um, miraculous thing. And I'm like, well, I'm not, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh my goodness, did I just say the wrong thing? Because I didn't know how to read the fact that if I will just follow him, he will just, he, because that's all he's looking for. He's looking for us to be his mouthpieces in the earth he's looking for us to just walk in those small steps of obedience that will establish on earth as it is in heaven but we need to lay down our agendas and our plans and our hopes and our dreams but if we will we get to work with him for his hopes and his dreams and his agendas which are always far bigger far more exciting and far more fulfilling than anything we could hope to establish in the earth wow that that is so good. You know what? That I wanna I wanna jump to a break. We must be at break time because my first page is totally full of notes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a great place to, to stop. <laughs> and when we come back, I know you're just amazing. When we come back, I want to talk about the current the clinic sure. that you are um you just started right recently, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also kind of what you're going to be teaching in the academy. That is going to be so exciting. So let's just see if I can click the right button here and we will be right back. Spirit-centered business, spiritual principles, and business principles combined. If you're ready to align your destiny and discover the destiny of your business, join us. We are entrepreneurs, leaders, and business professionals who take the power of the spirit realm in our business seriously. We go beyond just consuming information. We participate, activate, and engage the supernatural with unbelievable results. If you want to gather with like-minded business professionals to activate spiritual principles and mastermind creative solutions to business challenges, Spirit-Centered Business is your tribe. Go to spiritcenteredbusiness.com to become a member today. We are back. And I, I was just telling Lindy during the break, I'm so enthralled. I really am. That's the word. Like, oh my gosh, I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to press in and actually trust that he will handle everything and really just take my hands off the reins and press into him. And I, and I, I, I just, I need to uh, develop that muscle. I really need to get into the gym and work out that spiritual muscle because yeah. I do like to control things. So how long was it? Um, if we could just finish that conversation. Um, how long was it when you moved, you gave him one day, mm -hmm. how did you get to, um, it probably took me about five years to do that. Okay. 
Okay. Well, I feel um, a little bit better because I yeah. was thinking I could not do that in a month. Yeah, <laughs> no. It took me about five years. So the first thing I did was I was the treasurer for the church. So that took one day a week. Um, then from there, he asked me if I'd open up a free debt advice service because my, my background was finance. Um, and there's so many people in debt. And then they have to pay somebody to help them get out of debt. So he asked me if I would open up a free debt advice center. So that was one day a week um, and one night a week. I did that. Um, and then um, what started to happen was people were, people were starting to recognize that there was something going on in my life. And so they'd say to me, um, could, uh, could you teach me how to go in the spirit realm and, and see and whatever? And I said, look, I don't know. I don't know how to teach you this. So I went to the father. He said, what you need to do is invite them around. You go and do what you do and it will open a way for them to be able to do. Um, so that's really taught me how to function when I do teaching. Because it's taught me that it's not good enough for me just to give you information. What I need to do is I need to go in the spirit realm and I need to open it up so that you can get up there and you can see for yourself. So when I do my activations, I'm not just saying, okay, so now you're going to do this. When I'm doing my activations, I'm partnering with that because what I'm doing is I'm going in the spirit and I'm opening up the way so that you can actually engage with it too. So... Um, so that became another day. And then the, the fourth day was a day in the market. Um, and so then I was up to four days a week. Um, and then when he said, okay, we're going to open a, um, you're going to have this building. <laughs> it's like, okay, so that's five days a week. Um, so currently how our, how our schedule is, we actually only open the building four days a week. Um, because we're often away ministering at weekends. So Monday is actually our day off. So we're open Tuesday to Friday, then we're often away at the weekends. You know, a team is somewhere at the weekends. Um, so yeah, so that's how it all came about. So how often do you work at your property management? Um, <clears throat> well, what's really fantastic now is that um, I've now, the money, the, the property portfolio brings up in enough money now for me to actually employ somebody else. So two days, she comes in um, about two days a month. And um, so all I'm doing is I'm doing all the top level stuff and she's doing all the paperwork stuff. So, And it still functions... At, at the same capacity that it did when you were doing full-time? Um, it's, it's, the thing about building a property portfolio is that at, one point, at some point in time, it actually starts to look after itself in the context of when you're, when you're first building it, you're having to do all the paperwork with re, re, refunding and remortgaging so that you can get money out, so you can buy the next one, and, and you're, you're, you're jiggling things around all the time. But at, one, at some point in time, when you go, okay, this is, this is enough... <laughs> Um, because that's the other thing, you know, we have to get to a place of understanding where is enough. Um, and, uh, the purpose of the portfolio for me was always only to, to generate an income so that actually I don't have to worry about money. I can, 
I can press into him. But actually, what's what's happened is that as as part of the process, he taught me how to press into him. So now I don't worry about money, <laughs> which is a bit different, you know. <laughs> Well, but the whole it, way in which we, I, ran the, I ran the ministry is from a place of faith. So we just trust um, when we need anything. Um, and actually, so 2007, we moved in up until 2019. Every, you know, every quarter when the rent was due, we'd have to, we'd have to position ourselves to pull the money in. Um, and now at the beginning of 2019, he said, so it took 12 years. <laughs> and then at the beginning of 2019, he said, okay, I'm going to open up multiple streams of income. I'm going to tell you how to, how to manage it all. And the thing is, Berlin, it's not like I didn't know how to make it happen. I could have made it happen. I could have stepped into the ministry, created something that was going to create money. You know, that's what I did. Um, so, but I had to choose not to, because I knew that if I chose to go my route, there would always be a limit to what I could do. And that limit would be based on what I can do. If I choose to go with him, we become limitless because there's no, there's no end to the limit. You know, there's no limit to him. Mm. So, um, if we're prepared to just lay down our agendas and trust him, what it does mean is that the road becomes tricky sometimes because, you know, so when he started to talk to me about opening up a clinic where people were going to come from all over the world to be healed, I did not think I was going to have two cancer journeys <laughs> to teach me that what I need. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wow, I totally forgot about that. That's right. Oh my goodness. Holy smoly, girlfriend. We're going to be here all day. <laughs> yeah. But you see, it's all good. When you wow. understand that, when you live in that place, you can walk into a cancer diagnosis and go, you've got this, Father. This oh. is the training ground. You're going to teach me things. I'm going to learn what you're going to teach me. You're going to hold my hand and it's going to be okay. It's not going to be a fun journey. This is not going to be a walk in the park. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But I totally know you've got this. Wow. Twice. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when was the first one? Uh, 2014. And that was the uh, conventional route of um what was that surgery chemotherapy radiotherapy and then i ended up in hospital with double pneumonia Oy um and that was that was just it was fabulous literally it was i mean the chemotherapy wasn't but but what he taught me was fabulous okay um, good clarification there. <laughs> he gave me an authority over stuff that yeah it was amazing. So then my second cancer journey is, uh, so my first cancer journey was really about teaching me how the pharmaceutical industry works. Because up until that point in time, I wasn't sick. I, I never got ill. See, wow. so I never went to the doctor. So I never had to understand how all of that stuff works. So um, my first cancer journey was about introducing me to the pharmaceutical industry how they function, how they work, 
how, how, and he took me in the spirit realm and showed me stuff to do with that. Um, so when I came out of that journey, I already knew that my life was changed such that I had to look at other alternatives. I had to, I had to look outside of what we consider to be the solution. Right. And so he, he opened up opportunities for me to go in the spirit and he took me back in time and he showed me how, um, how, how not medicine, but how healing used to work, you know, before. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That we're going to just have to do a whole different show for that because that is fascinating. I'm, I'm totally on board with learning how all that works and I'm learning more and more how evil the pharmaceutical stuff is. So let's, let's table that for a, another show and come back to the potential maximizing and what you're doing in your current clinic. <clears throat> okay. So, okay. So those are not two, the same things. Okay. So okay. the clinic is actually a healing clinic and the okay. healing clinic is around, um, the, around my journeys to, for healing in the physical body. Okay. All okay. right. Well, then let's save that one for a different show and let's yes. go into let's the go potential to, maximizing. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll just wet the whistle of those who want <laughs> to hear about that because it is fascinating. <laughs> okay. So potential maximizing. How potential maximizing was born? Potential maximizing was born. Um, I have been working. So I mentioned that I've been working with people for years. So people would come to the ministry um, and it started with, um, it started with deliverance um, going back many, many years, started with deliverance, then started with um, he t him teaching me inner healing tools to, and actually, can I just say that um, it always starts at home and I was a mess. I was, a, I was a very, very broken, very, very um, messy individual. Mm. And so he started by giving me tools for my own inner healing journey. Mm. Um, and then he walked me through inner healing. And he, he is so incredibly gracious because every time I got stuck, and I knew where the problem was. So let me explain to you when I say what, what that looked like. What that looked like was I made a decision. See, I'm, I'm a very simplistic girl. If the Bible says I can have something and I don't have it, then I want to know why. Okay. So I haven't always been like that. I used to be a pick and mix girl where I would read the Bible and I'd pick out the bits that really worked for me. And then I would leave the bits that actually only pertain to the super spiritual because that wasn't me. And so therefore I had, I was exempt from that clause. Mm. Okay. So for, for instance, the forgiveness clause, um, I didn't have to forgive because obviously, um, the stuff that happened in my life was unforgivable and nobody would, the Lord, if, you know, if the Lord was actually writing about my life, he would give me an exemption was kind of where I lived for a long time. Mm. Um, okay. And then he would send people across my path. I'd go visiting churches or go here, go there. People would come and say, I just have one word for you, forgiveness. So he never let me run. He never 
because he knows my heart, my heart of passion for him, it was like he never let me go. He would hound me and hound me. So I spent 12 years in the wilderness of unforgiveness um, because I wouldn't forgive. Anyway, um, so I then, so my, my, the beginning of my healing journey was beginning to forgive. And the day I made a decision, okay, I'm going to do this, I went and I bought as many tissue boxes as I could get because I knew that it was going to be a snotty journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, for about three or four weeks, I just cried every single day. And I just said to the Lord, okay, let's, let's look at this area of my life. Let's look at this area of my life. Because I had basically just closed down everything. Okay? That was my protection mechanism. I was yes. Yes. closed down everything. So... Um, so my first, the part, first part of my, my healing journey was to, around forgiveness. And, um, when I got stuck, he would send somebody who knew how to help me navigate my stuckness. And so then they would help, you know, they'd pray with me and they'd bring some words of wisdom, which would give me keys. And so I'd, I'd carry on with my journey but what I what happened when I really started to move into the fullness was I decided that I was going to look at every single response that I had in my life that didn't look like Jesus Mm. okay and what I absolutely knew was that every single response had a trigger Mm. and I lived I lived in a place of constant simmer. So what that means is there was so much anger inside of me that I lived in a place where I was just able to keep a lid on it. But if something, if anything small could trigger it and I would explode like it was the end of the world. So um, I've had to, really, you know, my son and I have done some work together because he took the brunt of it. By the time my, by the time my daughter got to an age, you know, I'd already walked probably 75% of my inner healing journey. Um, but my son, my son and I are very close, (laughs) but I have had to apologize over and over and over and over to him for, for all sorts of things, you know, Mm, wow. So I made the decision that I was going to look at every, every trigger and I still live in that place. Okay. Because until such time as we look like Jesus, there's still work to be done until such time as we function like Jesus, there's still work to be done. So um, every time something happened that triggered something inside of me, I would stop and I'd say to the father, okay, let's work on that. Why did I, why did I feel like that? Why, why did I say that? What was, what was the root issue that is there? Okay. So, so my inner healing journey has been since 2000. So Mm -hmm. I've been on a 20 year inner healing journey and um, I'm not, I'm nowhere near looking like Jesus yet. (laughs) Right. I, yeah, um, I'm not sure I know anybody who really is. So. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so I'm still, I'm still daily working on things because that's my, that's my, I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm stepping into immortality. So actually there's even a chance that I'm going to look like Jesus, you know? Um, 
so yeah so from that place of living the forgiveness what ended up happening was the father said i want i want to download for you a secular therapy called forgiveness therapy so um so that was fine it took a year it took six months of me just spending time with him every single day and i could feel him putting things in my spirit. I had no cognitive understanding of what was happening, but every day I would sit with him and I'd open up my spirit to receive whatever he had for me. And I knew that he was downloading something. You know, that's an important concept because a lot of times we think we need to know what's going on. In fact, I do. I'm, you know, I'm an architect. I'm very analytical. I like, I want to know what's going on. And if I just kind of feel this warm, fuzzy or tingling or just something, something, I'm like, well, what is it? What does it, what does it mean for our lives? What does it look like? How do I walk this out? How do I declare it? How do I, you know, manifest it? So that's amazing that you were willing for six months to not know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been living the not know life for a long time now. So bearing in mind, you know, my previous life was the spreadsheet girl. So I had the spreadsheets and I could do you, you know, investments. I could do you a two-year projection, five-year projection, 10-year projection. These are the graphs. This is how it's going to happen. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And then... He was like, no, that's not how I work. Oh, I don't work like that because you keep getting in my way. Oh, ouch. Yeah. No one likes to be told that, do they? You keep getting in my way. So I'm not going to tell you what we're doing and I'm not going to show you what's happening. I just want your surrender. Mm. So, um, yeah. So I lived in the place of surrender and said, okay. And then... Um, you see, that's the, the exact, that exact thing is what he showed me, was that if I tell you, what you'll do is, you'll grab hold of that, you'll jump out of the chair, okay, I've got that, step aside, let's make this happen. And he's like, do you think I can't make it happen? Do you think I actually need you to make it happen? Mm. I'm his hands and feet. I am too. Yeah, but he only needs you if you'll do it his way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're not his hands and feet. You're just usurping his power to be your hands and feet. Mm, good. Yeah. So, and you know, when he started to talk to me about, am I your sugar daddy? I don't know if you have that expression here. Mm-hmm. Do you have that expression? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you only love me for my bank account? Mm-hmm. What if I had an empty bank account? Would you still love me? Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's when I started to learn how to love him because he loves me. Mm. So not love him because he's going to give me, you know, open up the way for my destiny. He's going to empower me. He's going to equip me. He's going to no, just to climb up onto his lap and love him because he loves me and from that place my my protection came from my place of vulnerability with him he became my protector and he gave me a strategy of how to live in the place of protection 
And that strategy is in a sentence that is in, I think it's in Philippians. And I never understood that sentence. It says, do everything as unto the Lord. Mm. And I never understood that sentence until he started to unpack it for me as my protection. See, if I do something for you, then I have an expectation from you. Even if I say that I, I don't expect anything back from you, there, as soon as I do something for you, what, it, what I'm doing is I am giving you the opportunity to disappoint me. Because somewhere in my psyche, there's an expectation of how you're going to behave towards me, how you're going to, how you're going to treat me, um, or how you're going you're gonna to pay me back at some point in time, or something. But if I do it for him, I'm completely safe. Because first of all, you can't disappoint me. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And second of all, I've invested my time and energy into him. So I've got the return of heaven coming my way, not the return of Berlin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the return of heaven is 30, 60, and a hundredfold. I'm going to choose that every day of the week. Because that's that's an absolute certainty. <laughs> that is the interest rate of heaven when I invest in heaven. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, so I started my own inner healing journey. I was allowing him to download this therapy. And so then what happened was after six months, he said, okay, I'm done downloading it now. Now you can, now you can regurgitate it. Well, I mean, what does that even mean? Yeah. So I got a pad and a pen and I just started to write what now. Okay. He's telling me that I am, that I'm going to pioneer a therapy. I had never even sat in a therapy session. I didn't even know how therapy works. And I'm going to pioneer a therapy. See, this is what I love about him. Because every time I say to him, I'm not equipped or qualified, what he says to me is, no, that is not true. What is true is you have nothing to unlearn. Wow. That is profound. Yeah. So you are totally equipped and qualified because I'm going to teach you from heaven's perspective. You don't have any of the muckiness that the world has put on you that says, this is how you function. This is how it works. This is why it works. All of that. You don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. So when I say you can do this, you're just going to believe me because you don't know any different. So I started to then write as, as I was, you know, I would just write every morning when we were spending time together, I would just write it and write it. And then I got excited by it. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to set aside like weeks. So what happened was I just set aside weeks and every day I would just spend the day with him and it would just come out and he'd show me this and he'd show me this. And, and I wrote the, the workbook that was going to be the client's workbook. So then he said to me, okay, so now from there, what we need to do is we need to have a practitioner workbook because you're going to train up some forgiveness therapists and they're not going to have a clue what they're doing because you haven't got a clue what you're doing. I'm like, you're absolutely right. He said, so now I'm going to show you how to put together the practitioner workbook. So then I put together the practitioner workbook and then I went um, to 
uh, into Marketplace because I'd taken time out. I went into Marketplace. I said, listen, guys, um, the reason why I took time out is because the Lord's downloaded me this therapy that we're going to be doing. So I'm looking for some people who want to volunteer to be trained up as therapists. Okay. I have never sat in a therapy session. I've, I've never met a therapist. Um, and I'm going to train a team of therapists. So you see, the thing is, I've got to the place where I believe my dad when he says I can. That's the thing. So, um, so what was really, really gracious of him was that he brought across my path um, a psychiatrist with over 50 years experience and his wife, who was a qualified um, counsellor of 25 years experience. So they were my sounding block. Okay, so I would say, this is what I feel the father is saying. And, and, and then they would give me advice. So there were some times when the father said, no, you're not going to listen to that because that is, this is an absolute. But actually, yes, it would be help you, you know, take on board what they're saying about this because actually you haven't got a clue what you're doing. Okay, so mm-hmm. he was very gracious in bringing people across my path who could help me navigate this. And also what happened was it may, it it brought credibility in the world's eyes to what we were doing. Right. So um, anyway, I then trained up this team of therapists and I said, we're not, we're not trained until we've walked through the therapy. So we're all going to be, we're all going to be clients and we're all going to be therapists and we're going to work with each other. So we did that for several weeks. <clears throat> and then we had our last meeting just before Christmas and at that meeting, because um, I said, next year, we're going to launch the therapy. And somebody said, how are we going to launch the therapy? I said, well, it's actually not my job. It's not my problem. I've done what the Lord's asked me to oh, do. Of course you're going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lindy. Oh, Lindy. <laughs> we're going to do a cruise. We're going to do a what? What's that? What's that? But you see, when people say, this is what we're going to do, I keep going back and saying, is that what the father's asked you to do? Because if that's what the father's asked you to do, it's a no-brainer. It is happening. If this is your idea, hey, count me out. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we started um, the next year in second week of January. And um, what happened was, uh, pastor friend that I know, a guy who pastors a church, he came to me one day and um, he said, listen, I've got this guy. He is suicidal. I've spoken to him. I've tried to reason with him, but he's, he's not having it. Would you spend some time with him? I said, mm-hmm. absolutely. So he came through the door and I sat and I just listened to his story. And I was thinking to myself, my goodness me, you know, when I listen to people's stories and I, it just, it breaks my heart. So I'm listening to his story and, and I'm just asking the Lord, what is my part in this? What do you want me to do? He said to me, offer him forgiveness therapy. Mm. So uh, now all I'm hearing is his story, why he's, why he's done and he wants out. Okay. That's all, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hearing his pain is what I'm hearing. Mm. Um, 
So offer him forgiveness therapy, the father says. So I say to him, look, we're, we're about to launch a trial for a new therapy that we've developed. It's called forgiveness therapy. It's a 12 week course, one hour, one hour each week. Are you, are you interested? Um, and he said, yes. Where, where can I sign? What, what do I have to do to sign up for this? So I said to him, just give me a minute. I'll go and get you an application form. So I rushed upstairs, turned my computer on and typed up an application form because I didn't have one yet. Okay. Printed it out, went downstairs. I said, here's the application form. Would you like to sign the application form? So he filled it out and signed it. And that was, you know, I, I, I scheduled him a session. I booked him for two weeks time. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Now, what I didn't know was that he had just been to the doctor's which, and the doctor's surgery, or the, I don't know what you call it here, clinic, mm-hmm. and in the UK they're called doctor's surgeries. So oh, the doctor's okay. surgery is just about 100 yards from where we're stationed, from our building. Mm-hmm. And um, he'd been to the doctors and he'd asked the doctors for help. He basically said, I have a four-year-old daughter I am dosed up to my the eyeballs on antidepressants and none of the stuff that you're giving me is helping. I need, I need another form of help. I need therapy. Now in the UK, the anxiety and depression service has a year waiting list. Okay. So the doctor said, I don't, I actually don't know what the doctor said, but what he heard was, there's nothing that we can do for you, which is why he became suicidal, which is why he went to go and speak to Mark, the pastor, and say, I'm coming to say goodbye, because I'm out of here. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> so I didn't know any of that. The next day, he goes back to the doctor's surgery, and he says, I'd like to make an official complaint. So I'd like to see the practice manager. So the practice manager comes out and says, how can I help you? He says, I came in here yesterday and I asked for help. I was told that there was nothing you can do for me. Um, I left here suicidal. I went to go and speak to my pastor who introduced me to a lady who is trialing a therapy a hundred yards up the road. I've signed up for her therapy, but what I want to know is why you aren't working with her. If you can do nothing for me, why are you not working with her? Now, I don't know all this is going on. Okay. So two days later, the Lord says to me, I want you to take some referral forms to the doctor's surgery. Okay. So I'm like, I'm having this internal struggle. I'm like, Father, I can't walk into a professional organization like a doctor's surgery with not one qualification about anything and ask them to refer their patients to my to to this therapy okay bearing in mind in the uk that's a big deal it's a government institution mm-hmm. okay so the government institution refers to another government institution for you to get a referral from the doctor's surgery you have got to be you got to be all all singing and dancing because it's a government sure. organization okay yeah anyway when i start to argue with the lord he becomes very silent so i'm like okay okay you're serious about this. Okay. So I hadn't, didn't have any referral forms at that point in time. Sirius just decided to pop into the conversation. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> See, they're always listening. They always listen. I tell you. Um, that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, typed up some referral forms 
and went over to the doctor's surgery, asked to see the practice manager. And I said, you know, I said, I don't know if you're even vaguely interested in this, but we're trialing a, trialing a, a therapy. We're offering it for free while we do the trial. We're using, and, and you know, I talked to her about the, the industry because of the psychiatrist's um, input. What he said was you really need to use industry-recognized questionnaires. So there are industry-recognized questionnaires that are used nationwide in the UK to assess anxiety and depression. And so, you know, I talked to her as though I knew what I was talking about. And so it obviously left made her feel some level of confidence. I know that actually what the Lord was doing was he was opening the door. And um, I said, I'd like to leave some referral forms with you. She said, well, actually, she said, we had a patient come in here uh, two days ago and tell us about the therapy. And I was actually just wondering how I can be in touch with you and how we could work together. Oh. So, you know, I, when, I, when I say I don't have to worry about how he's going to launch something, I literally mean I don't have to worry about it. So we ran a a trial for two years. We, we gathered phenomenal statistics from the, from the trial. We've now got centers running all over the world from a therapy developed by somebody who has not one, one jot of any kind of qualification other than her father qualified her. And he is a genius therapist. okay so the thing that so from there we we then we then um developed something called identity therapy we are um the the um the course that i told you that the government asked us to develop is called surviving to thriving and that utilizes the tools that he showed me and what really is interesting is that when he when he downloaded the forgiveness therapy in 2015 um the news was all about um, the breakthroughs in medicine, discovering the link between holding a grudge and physical ailments. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, recently the, the breakthroughs have been in neuroscience where they're discovering that actually we're, we, we can actually be our own um, neurosurgeons in we, we can reprogram our brains. You know, and so he's been teaching me um, all that kind of stuff. And so I've been, I've now devised this course that we're using with, um, in conjunction with local government, um, move, helping people move from a place of surviving to thriving, hence the name. Mm-hmm. But what he's really shown me in all of this is how to, how to work with non-believers but function with what I carry. So when, when we're training, we only train up believers to minister and release the therapies that, we, that he's given us because actually he is the key in all the therapies. We just don't call him Jesus. So, um, you know, when we do any kind of work with the clients, what we're doing is we're getting them to engage with the peace in the room. Well, as soon as they come into agreement to engage with the peace in the room, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Um, so there, there are various ways in which he's taught us how to get people to engage with the life force of heaven, because that's where the change is. 
see mm -hmm. so when you when you can follow holy spirit when i do my corporate sessions every single one of them is different because every time i go into a corporate setting i have between 15 and 25 individuals in that unique individuals in that room and so the holy spirit is going to now lead me and navigate me around the needs of those people in that room because that's who he is he's a god of the individual um so when you're able to follow his lead and he's taught you the jargon to use that actually in everything all you're trying to do is you're trying to allay the intellect to allow the spirit to engage mm -hmm. so basically that's how i do everything i do when i do teachings if i'm doing teaching my whole my whole focus is to bring you to an activation okay because that's where the magic happens. Right. And in my, in my teaching, what I'm doing is I'm giving you enough information for you to satisfy your brain. Because when your brain is satisfied, you will open yourself up to engage with whatever's happening. Mm -hmm. So that's how I do everything I do. <laughs> I give you enough information to satisfy your brain. And then I engage spirit to spirit where the magic happens. That, that is so good, and that's what you're going to be teaching in the academy, and I'm, I'm so excited about that. Um, but I do have a question. How do you market to corporations that, that speaks to what they, they need or what they think they need or what is their pain point in the, the solution that you bring? Okay. So that's the thing is that I'm not actually big on marketing because the Lord markets me. Mm-hmm. So it's a referral. So every, so, okay, let me, let me tell you how I got into uh, what I now call potential maximizing. Mm -hmm. So basically what happened was I got offered a job. So the Lord asked me if I'd moved to California and then I got offered a job by a company in California. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and when I asked them, what do you want me to do? Because they had invited me onto their spiritual board and I'd been working with them on their spiritual board. Okay, so that's another thing that I do. Go in the spirit, see what's happening, bring the, bring the, bring the supernatural and the natural together to enable people to navigate and understand what's happening in the natural and teach them how to engage with the supernatural so that mm -hmm. they can start to get the blueprints and mandates for themselves, for their own businesses, understanding their authority, their identity, their call and their mandate so that we can actually see the, the two come together and the way to open up. So I'd been working with this company for about a year and then they offered me a job and um, they wanted me to be part of their C-suite. And I said, what do you want me to do? And she said, write your own job description. So I went to the father. I said, what am I doing? He said, you're going to be the potential maximizing officer. And then he started to talk to me about how to how exactly excuse me, because she asked me for my bio. So he basically gave me my bio. This is what you do. Um, wow. And from there, I stepped into being the potential maximizing consultant that I function in, because that's what he told me. That's what he told me who I am. And that's what he told me what I do. Um, so when I, when I set up um, lindystrong.com, I haven't marketed that at all. 
um, because he told me to do it. He, he set my pricing structures um, and I am actually only interested in, you see, I have enough money not to have to worry about anything. And I also understand that whether I take a nap or raise the dead, the pay is the same. Oh, that's so good. Oh okay. So I don't want to be doing anything for the sake of works. I'm not interested. I would actually rather sit and put my feet up and have a cup of coffee. Watch, watch a movie. Then work for the sake of work. So I am not looking to generate work. I'm looking for the father to highlight to the people who are just perfectly ripe for who I am and what I have. He will highlight me to them. They will find my website. They will engage with me and I'll work with them. So that's kind of how I function. That's so good. Does that mean that everything goes the way I think it's going to go every single time? No. But that's okay with me because it goes the way the father wanted it to go. And that's more important to me. And the way the father wanted it to go is that way for a very specific reason. And I'm not going to fight against that reason because he knows best. Brilliant. Wow. I just definitely need to work on that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so good. Lindy. Wow. We have been on this call. So I don't even know how long it's, it's just, just like so good. And, and to tell you the truth, we can keep going, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to thank you again, Lindy. This has just been so amazing. I'm looking forward to the classes that we're teaching together for those people who do join the cruise. Okay. We are offering some master classes that we're going to be doing before September along the way and some activations so that they can implement right away rather than waiting until September. And so again, I just want to let people know spiritcenteredbusiness.com and click on the cruise button there. You can learn more about it and sign up there. And Lindy, people can get a hold of you through Marketplace Ministries. Uh, yep, or lindystrong.com. Or lindystrong.com. Okay, excellent. And I will have those links to her and her contact information in the show notes as well. So is there anything else that you would like to promote or let people know about what you're doing before we sign off? Um, <clears throat> probably the only thing is the healing and restoration platform. So that is uh, one of the things that the Lord's had me uh, busy doing. Um, so what it is, is a, a subscription platform where you subscribe and you get a whole lot of teaching. There are workbooks that go with the teaching. Um, really what I'm looking for is to build a community globally of people who are are wanting to get whole and see in the spirit realm so that they can function in the fullness of where they're going. But in order for that to happen, you need to be able to, you, you need to be prepared to pay the price because salvation is free, but your destiny will cost you everything. Matthew 19, have a look at it.
It will cost mm. you everything to walk in what he has for you. So I'm looking for the people who are serious, really. So if you're serious, the website is HR for Healing and Restoration. So hr.marketplaceministries.co.uk. Okay. And I will have that in the show notes for anyone who missed it. There you go. All right. Thank you again, Lindy. I just so love you so much. I love your stuff. And we have so much more to talk about. Oh, goodness. This opened up just, I, I just, I can see so many different avenues where, where <laughs> that would be just fascinating and insightful for people. And thank you again to the audience. Be sure to subscribe, like, share with your friends wherever you're listening. We are uh, spiritcenterbusiness.com. If you go to the podcast page, actually, I think on the homepage too, you'll see all of the different media networks. Thank you to Fringe Radio Network, who um, sends, our, sends our podcast out to all of these different platforms. We are syndicated through them, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and a whole bunch of others. Thank you so much, everyone, for sharing this awesome message and sharing the movement of what spiritcenterbusiness.com is doing. I so appreciate you. And until the next time, stay spirit-centered. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Spirit Centered Business with Berlin Newby. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. The next stage of doing business by being spirit-centered is coming together in collaboration, working with spiritual principles and knowing our destiny. Join our tribe at spiritcenteredbusiness.com and we'll catch you on the next broadcast. Peace out. Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.